Hey everybody, it's your old pal Dave Rupert, and I'm here to do an ad for the Discord. So it's going to be like, you know about the Discord, it's a cool place, people hang out, you go through patreon.com slash shoptalkshow to get in. You know, we got a bunch of people, help desk, there's there's a meme channel, of course, Like, but then like show and tell stuff, like you can share what you're working on, get feedback, get help along the way. That said, uh, like it's a great place. We want you there, but uh, this is actually a very specific request here. Um, so we have people who like it so much, they've actually donated extra money in the form of scholarships. And so we have scholarships uh, specifically earmarked for uh, underrepresented uh, minorities in Texas. And so that's uh, women, uh, black, indigenous people of color. Any If you fit that uh, there, there's actually scholarships available and, and we would love to give those to you. So if you want to, uh, reach out to, you can DM me, David Trump 5,000 on Twitter and, and get out to me directly, but we have, uh, uh, money earmarked for you, uh, to, to like gift you a sub, uh, into the discord. And we'd love to have you. Um, so that that's the specific request. That's the ad is, is it literally a free thing? So, but we want everyone else to, to join the discord as well. Um, but I'm just letting you know, uh, that, that, that exists. And I want you, the listeners, somebody who actually listens to this podcast and doesn't skip the ads. I want you to have like first priority access to the, the, this, these scholarships and, and these gifted donos. So, um, want, want you in there. So anyways, hit me up, uh, Davidron 5000 on Twitter, uh, DM me and, and, uh, we'll try to get you in or at least get you on a queue, uh, to kind of match the supply and demand. So, all right. Thank you very much. Talk to you later. Shopping Maniacs, you're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show podcast, all about front end web design and development. I'm Dave in the office with the lights. See that, Chris? <laughs> Fantastic. A little bit of glow there, and then uh, you're, you're obviously in the booth, Chris, in the booth with the got some magenta, I think, going on now. Yeah, so we just happen to be in a round at the moment, so I can mess with the lighting at the filter level. How about around purple? Is How about kaleidoscope? Pretty- yeah, around is pretty because even if you don't have cool office lights, it can actually vibe that for you. That's kind of important. It can, know? it can, and kind so. of distract. I don't know. It's fun. Uh, it, it has the side effect of knowing when somebody's not really paying attention in a meeting, though, because if they're messing with their filters, you can be like, "Oh, I see what you're doing there." A little, is it mess <laughs> with filters time of the meeting? Did, yeah. Did, <laughs> did my did I talk too long? Is is the sentence? I'm the irony, too though, much. it's great. It's great. It's just they they even say it's not really for meetings in a way. It's for this kind of casual stuff. It's for working together, cash Collab- style. Yeah, they collabing. Say, well, it's not really like meeting software, although whatever we use it for that too. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say because whatever we did like a big <laughs> uh, review of it, but like, it's like floating heads. Right. So like I can do work while I do this, you know, it's different than like, right. What a, a zoom where you're just like, like only look at this window. So, yeah, I, t- yeah. it's just weird how big of a change that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you got going on? What are you working hey, on? Man? Well, you, uh, so I fired everyone in my company. So I just said, <laughs> severance 
Yeah. Did they get well, a good severance? Six months pay? For the ones who've been around a long time, you know, but right. like, I just was like, hey, you bunch of goof jerks. I don't like you're talking in in, <laughs> in Slack, so you're fired. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Yeah, Did they mention yeah. politics, those jerks? Oh, yeah. They're all politics. They're like, yeah. yeah, I have to go vote. And I was like, oh, my God. Here. They voted? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Active citizens, dude. Can you believe? Can you believe what's happening? It sounds like that would be distracting for the company. And the- it's just distracting. People voting uh, what to do with their tax dollars and, and trying to rally uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. people who they spend their daily lives with around similar causes. It's just too much, dude. It's just, it's gotten out of control, I think, you know, so I fired everybody. Yeah, but not. I hope you posted a manifesto first. Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't fire everyone without blogging about it first. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I it, the newsletter has to go out on Mondays, so like, right? That's when that's when all the traffic hits. So yeah, I fired everyone, and then if, via blog post, and then I let them know. So oh yeah, yeah. Then that's we have a I do good discussion about it. I actually so. have a different approach though. Mine is to um, is to fire them and then do like I get the lighting just right in my office and I mm-hmm. get like a mm-hmm. lens with like a low depth of field focus. Oh yeah. And yeah. I I like cry a little bit and then I stop crying and then I start the camera and I like apologize about the people I just fired. Oh, but but like you don't put too much focus on those people. You, it's all about you, right? Yeah, it's I use a lot of I statements. And- yeah, yeah. It's, I feel bad for you having to fire all these people. Oh my god! It's just it's just how I like to operate as a business. That's all. Tech tech is kind of in a situation right now, as as a whole. So I don't. I hopefully it gets better here, but we are witnessing. I don't know something. So yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know. It's not funny. It's it's very it's serious crap. But I don't know yeah. what to say about it. I'm just some asshole, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, although it was a weird moment yesterday, I was. I've been like poking at this for a minute. You know, shoptalkshow.com, little website we I've operate, mm-hmm. sees mm-hmm. 15 or 20 visitors a I day. I go there maybe. at least once a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once a week is my limit At least too. once a week, yeah. But it's a, there's a podcast on it and you can click on to a episode. It's a WordPress mm-hmm. site, so it's got a URL. And in there is a player for the podcast. You can't have a podcast website without a player. I realized that probably 90 plus percent of podcast listening happens in a, some kind of podcast listener. In fact, I know that it does because we can track that to some degree. Um, and Overcast is huge. Pocket Cast is huge. Apple Podcasts Podcast is huge. Spotify is, like 40% is huge. Percent of everything. All four of those together, really huge. Not that many people come to the website to listen. But you know who does? Probably pe- people that are shopping around or that they get a link on Twitter. I do sometimes listen to some parts of some podcasts through their player. You just kind of got to have one, you know? Yeah. I would say, you know, my personal anecdote here, like 50% of my podcast listening is just one-offs in that I don't want to subscribe to 50%. You know? I mean, just in a given week, you know, like wow. if I listen to five, six shows, probably three of them are just one-offs, but I've started using, um, Spotify, which has its own problems, <laughs> but it Spotify, um, well, you know, but Spotify, which uses icon fonts and I can't forgive them, but Spotify is, uh, <laughs> a business, but I, I, 
because I'm in Spotify already. So I started like yeah. subbing and Spotify following um, just because it was like, well, that's a way I don't lose it. You know, so th- that's stuff like the Netlify podcast. And um, there's another one about this guy who wants to find pizza at McDonald's. But anyway, there's that's great. Yeah. It's a whole podcast. Yeah, about yeah. like 200 episodes. So, <gasps> um, holy yeah. crap. Holy crap. Yeah. Anyway, okay, good. So you listen to half web, half Spotify, some on something else. Yeah, whatever, and then and you're all the over the podcatchers on, on doing, yeah. you know. I don't think so. you're rare. I think that's probably common for for some people, you know. Although, you know, proof is in the pudding. Most analytics, you know, even cross-podcast are pretty heavily weighted towards some kind of app or something mm-hmm. and not yep. the website. All that said, you got to have a player because it's weird not to. You've made a um, a web component for us that's really neat, I think. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to steal Dave's thing. And I, oh, here's the feature that we don't have on Chop Talk Show. This is what I've been trying to say. If you then click on some other show, for example, our shows are paginated such that if you're viewing one show, there's a link that says, look, at go to the previous episode or go to the next episode. If you click that, guess what happens to the player? The page reloads, the audio stops playing, you're back at a paused state at the beginning of whatever that next show is. We made no effort in the technology of this website to maintain your listening experience. And mm-hmm. you know how much I care about that? Like 5% or something. Like, I don't care that much. You know, like some people know, you know, you kind of know what you're doing sometimes. There's some stuff we could do. We could add an on before on load handler that would say, oh, you're listening to audio. Would you like to, are you sure that you want to leave this page or something? Another option is to architect the site somehow, some way such that the audio just doesn't stop. It's just a pinned thing and you can browse around the site and maybe each show, rather than having its own unique player, just has a button that says play this episode. And then that pinned player that doesn't change as you navigate around the site then picks up that show and plays it. That's what I've been trying to play with. Not because mm-hmm. I think Shop Talk Show, the website, dr- desperately needs this functionality. Mm-hmm. But that it's kind mm-hmm. of a cool idea to play with. And some sites do. In fact, this came from an email I got from somebody that said, we want to do this for, I think they live in Nashville or something and worked for public radio there. And we're like, we have a bunch of websites and like, wouldn't mind, you know, just having this idea built into all those websites. And I think that's smart, especially for like public radio, where I would guess there's probably more website listening to I don't know why I guess that I just do. It's like a hypothesis I have. That's just it is like when you go to a web page and it has an audio player and you hit play. Same with video. I mean, you hit play, you're stuck, man. You're like <laughs> Yeah. Don't close that. Yeah, like you yeah. lose your progress and everything. So um it would be kind of cool to have that sort of seems I, I like, like SoundCloud idea. does it, you know, like right. yeah. I did this player. ten years ago. I had a friend Chris McGarry, good buddy of mine, lives in Denver, guitar player and stuff, and he put out a record of his own. I still like this record. He did a good job for an indie musician guy. And so he bought his own name as a domain name, and I built a website for him just because he's my friend, you know? And I look back on it, I'm like, dang, that was a nice website. I did a good job on that. It's long (laughs) dead. It's not on the web anymore. But what I did was just a one-off, an index.html page only, 
because there's only a couple of pages on the whole site. There's an about page. There's something, you know, there's a couple pages. I just threw them all on the index.html document and then wrote some jQuery that would just basically hide and show different areas of it as you clicked. So if you clicked the about page, the URL didn't even change. <laughs> it just it just fetched like about dot. It didn't even have to fetch or, anything. Yeah. It was already on yeah. the page. It just like moved a show div up. It. Yeah, okay. show, yeah. But I didn't just show hide it. I like animated it into place. I went like Ooh. whoosh whoosh, Classy. you know, yeah, just because yeah, yeah. you know there was jQuery dot animate and stuff. So yeah. as you clicked around the site, it was kind of fun. And the side effect was that there was an audio player on the site, and it never mm-hmm. stopped. You could preview his album, and as you clicked around to learn more about Chris. The audio never stopped. That was that was the guts of the decision. Was I didn't want to mess with changing the URL. Now this was ten years ago. I mean, Ajax still existed. I guess. I mean, I could have done it some other way, but that's how I did it. On Shop Talk Show, we can't output every episode onto one page and animate stuff around. We need another tactic to do this if we want to pull it off. Yeah, there's ways. You know, I've seen a three, four libraries that handle this kind of thing. The one we've probably mentioned on the show before used to be called Turbo Links and is now called Turbo. The reason I'm thinking about this, in addition to whatever it's a podcast now is just working on it, is that it's from the Basecamp guys, which mm. then all of a sudden mixes in politics to politics technological choices, you know, in your podcast website. I don't think I've yeah. been shy about this before, that Facebook pisses me off. They make a lot of choices that I think are very bad for the world, and I don't like them that much. Uh, that's complicated enough in just usage of of Facebook and its properties, but it gets complicated again when Re- React is Facebook. GraphQL came out of Facebook. There's technologies yeah. that I that I use that come from a company that, in general, makes me mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. S- but I haven't stopped. Yeah. I, you know, I have stopped watching the Cosby show. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a pretty easy yeah. stop. It <laughs> was yeah. a little different. Um, but isn't that interesting, that stuff? Like how, how, how embedded, what does that mean about us? Is that, is that like a, I would think that there's definitely people in the world that, that, that would question my moral backbone. If I, no, I think so too. And I mean, yeah, uh, unfortunately there's, Probably a jerk at every company at some higher level, you know? This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you by uh, Automatic, really, and the makers of WooCommerce and Jetpack and WordPress.com and great software like that that you know. You know, Jetpack had a 10-year anniversary last month, which is pretty cool. That's quite a milestone for a piece of software. Jetpack being a a WordPress plugin for your self-hosted WordPress site, one that I run on every single WordPress site that I even touch, you know? Even if it's a friend site, I'm like, I'm going to put Jetpack on there for you. But that means different things uh, these days because Jetpack is, in a sense, split up into to different parts. You know, there's Jetpack Backup, which is a great backup plugin, but you can like just pay for it and just use it all by itself, which is probably what I'd install on Friends site, just, you know, out of safety reasons for them kind of thing. Uh, you know, they work together, though, nicely, too. You know that, like, WooCommerce is what powers all the e-commerce stuff on WordPress.com. So there's obviously synergy there. If you run WooCommerce on your own WordPress site, like I do, to, like, sell posters and stuff like I do on CSS Tricks, 
Um, Jetpack Backup works really nicely with it too, in a way that not other backup plugins don't necessarily do. I'm pretty sure that none of them do this actually. That, for example, you can like back up to a point in the past, which will like update the database to that point in the past and your site files and just kind of roll back history, but not roll back orders. So it's not like erasing the fact that somebody ordered something on your website. That's kind of a big deal. You know, you'd hate to have to restore a backup of your site and then know that you're losing like important customer data. That would suck. So that's a thing. Anyway, thanks for the support. Bye-bye. This isn't on the Shop Texture site. I just made a repo on GitHub and I made a WordPress theme that uses Turbo mm-hmm. to accomplish this effect without like React, right? That was no that's React. the other solution. It's just right? WordPress. Like, In fact, you know how many lines of code I had to write to accomplish the effect? Like hmm. zero. The way that it works is you put data turbo permanent on elements that you want to persist as you click around the site. The function functionally it works like if it sees a link and it's an internal link to the website, it makes an Ajax request or fetch as we call it. You know, I've joked that Ajax makes you sound old these days. It kind of does, doesn't it? For whatever yeah. reason we don't say Ajax yeah. anymore. It fetches asynchronously on the network. The new page, once it has it, it just replaces literally the entire thing. HTML down. So it's not very efficient, I would say. Mm-hmm. React and Vue and Svelte or whatever, these modern frameworks are more efficient in that they intelligently replace only what needs to the be replaced. stuff, yeah. Yeah, which literally is more efficient. It just mm-hmm. is. And there's less, I don't know, it comes with its own baggage. Like the fact that this replaces the entire HTML document means that like the title element is replaced too, which updates the title in the browser tab. Whereas like uh-huh. in React, you're like, oh, make sure you use React Helmet to replace the head section, you know, because that's not done. So you do all these workarounds to do how the web works naturally. So what, which, which is the better approach? I don't know. know. What about build tools? How many build tools do you got going to get this turbo going? Yeah. Well, none, which is kind of nice. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah. And what we pulled it, I pulled it up in bundle phobia, uh, Cause in the repo, it's like 92 kilobytes. And I was like, woof. Uh, but then, uh, looked it up in bundle phobia and it was only like 13 K. I mean, is it 13? I thought it was 13.5 kilobytes G zipped and minified. So, um, I just was, I was like, that's pretty good for, you know, especially cause it has, if you don't even need all the extra crap it does, cause it does extra crap. It has this concept of frames, which is like, let's say you were building Hey, their email client, there is a mm-hmm. sidebar full of emails that you have and you click one of those emails and then guess what? The entire page doesn't refresh another column that actually shows you the Just, email yeah. refreshes. It's built for that type of functionality. And also this, you know, this permanence feature and stuff. There's stuff in there. There's bells and whistles. If you needed none bells and whistles, it's actually like a handful of lines of code. Here they are. You inter- you discover links that are internal, not external. When they're clicked, you intercept them. You make a fetch request for the URL of the href of that link. You do a inner HTML equals replacement on the HTML element. And there's a couple more things you have to do. One of them is update the URL. 
There's an API for that in JavaScript. And you have to listen for the back button in the browser and perform the same action in reverse upon a back button press. And you basically have all that functionality in more like 15 lines of code. Yet, zero bells and whistles. Hmm. Hmm. It seems like good, right? I don't know. I just, that's like... Hmm. You get that single pagey feel from a multi-page app or your legacy CMS or whatever. And then features like this, you know, just keep the audio player playing. That's kind of cool. Um, I think I think it's compelling enough. It was compelling enough to make a demo that's like kind of modern. Yeah. Did you see, did you see the proposal for shared element transitions? Oh man, I blogged it a couple days ago. Oh, you blogged it. Well, I'm behind on the old RSS, but I only blogged it because I I wrote a post. It was kind of an untimely post, and I said, "Still hoping for native page transitions." Mm -hmm. Uh, Dave is bringing this up, by the way, because once you've done this, you've essentially built a really basic single page app, meaning you've also kind of sort of opened the door for using some animation. Let's say you wanted to slide the previous page out and slide in the new page. Well, you Mm kind of can now because the whole page isn't reloading. And as a matter of fact, that's why people reach for SPA sometimes is because you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, juicy. I can make a really fancy interactive page when the page never reloads. So I write this post called Still Hoping for Native Page Transitions. And I, you know, I link up some resources. I talk about why. I talk about what we have so far, blah, 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 blah. Not realizing that they've made some progress and they were just about to drop Chrome Canary having this thing in it called shared element transitions, which looks like an evolution of Jake Archibald stuff, but I'm sure there's more people involved. I just think of Jake because he's been harping on this for a long time. He kind of announced that like navigation transition API that was kind of old, you know? Um, Right. And then, but that just never got any traction, but this one seems to have some traction and, you know, well, once well, it's in this, Chrome maybe Canary. this is a good example where Chrome's uh, Chrome status can kind of affect, make a positive change or, or yeah. positive because I want it. But like where like this is an in-demand feature, I think, you know, and I think all browsers are struggling with the amount of JavaScript that we're sending down the pipe. Heck, we even got a new browser that does all the JavaScript <laughs> <laughs> on a server somewhere mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and then sends you the result, you know, like that that's the new mighty browser, you know, like we're sending so much JavaScript. We're like processing JavaScript in another computer, like on a 16 core <laughs> CPU somewhere, you know? Um, so this so, looks sweet. It's called shared element transitions because rather than just having like the entire page just going, bop, the new page is here. You can specify, yeah, except for this element over here. Don't mess with it during the page transition. It's going to be present on the next page too. So just hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you do have to put contain paint on it apparently. Cause that's going to like tell the browser to like literally not, you're not just planning on repainting it does something. Right. Okay. But that means though, that then you can, run a little kind of a callback function and like move it, like animate it to a new position. This is going to make for extremely compelling 
new page transitions. This isn't just like carousel your website, even though that's kind of cool too. Yeah, because it, it has it comes with like PowerPoint effects, right? Like reveal left, reveal right, reveal up, reveal down, cover left, cover yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And in the uh, the Discord, Alex pointed out that did you know Edge had this before they went freaking Chromium? I did not know this. There was a meta tag, and it had like twenty some cheesy page transitions that you could just do it by throwing in a meta tag i yeah, did that was, not know that that was like an ie feature um and i think because what was their page uh oh what was the i the microsoft's page builder is that what the software was i think so yeah uh anyway they they like had all these effects built into that and then yeah so ie could do that also credit to ie uh <laughs> Don't do this much on the show. Uh, it used to have this thing called a media player. So if you played media on your browser, it would actually like the, like real audio kind of stuff. It would actually go into like a media player in the sidebar and That's like awesome. stay persistent. So look at that. And now we starting to have APIs like that. And we think of them as like so ex- super extremely modern in Chrome. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. He had that. I I mean, if this land, I mean, so you, this is in Chrome now or Canary right now. Yeah. That's what I was so shocked about. Cause it went pretty quickly from like, oh, this is an idea to now it's been prototyped. That's exciting to me though. Cause I think I feel like things that are prototyped kind of have their way of going forward. Although I always think of like Jen Simmons and situations like this, who's, you know, worked at Firefox from now is at Safari has definitely, and you've, you've called it like how Chrome DDoS is other browsers with features, which I'll yeah. never forget. It's kind of in that category. Like I have no idea what I mean, the, what the participation of other browsers is like on this. So just cause I like it, I'm kind of like sweeping that under the rug a little bit. Like, Oh, Chrome's got it. When are you going to do it? <laughs> but that's, it's kind of not fair. And I get that. Well, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's really too bad. No, it does seem kind of optional ish. Like the fallback is that you just go to the next page. So who cares? You know? But I think this, cause where do you want to use, you want to use this in like mobile apps, right? Like the swipey yeah. drill down transition. I think there's like, but I'll tell you what, go to shop talk shows homepage right now mm-hmm. and just shoptalkshow.com, then click, you know, the episode, last episode we had with Adam. Look what mm-hmm. happens to the header. The logo is real big on the homepage. Then you click it, oh. and I intentionally made it smaller because I wanted to not draw so much attention to the logo on a sub page. Okay. Yeah, we're elevating the, like, the player, the person in their yeah. photo will show up there, right? So. Right. It's a trivial little change. It just changes the grid template columns a little bit. But can't you imagine a shared element transition where it goes, whoop, and it makes the, oh. Wouldn't that be neat? We could maybe roll that out today. Yeah. Put it in the old. That's sh- a good sh- idea. Sh- I mean, might as well. It seems it's a 10 lines or so. Because the... I, I don't even understand how this works exactly. The API is document.documenttransition.prepare. It's kind of a, I don't know, <laughs> seems nice to me. And then it's like a <laughs> promise, I guess, that gets fulfilled. And in the promise, then that's where you do the page in stuff. Or I guess it's the in-between stuff. It's a little hard to think about. I guess what's nice about it, like Chrome doing this, because they've been like advocates for like flip animations and stuff for quite a while. Like, yeah. They know what they're doing. It's we're not gonna get some like I don't know brain some some whatever genius solution that 
is kind of awkward, off, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's kind of what people have been doing. So I don't know. I, I, yeah, no, this sounds really cool. So hopefully other browsers pick it up, but we could also just progressively enhance our current site and bada bing, bada boom. Tempted to try it. Although I've <laughs> been, we've been in that lately. What it was you who showed me how color contrast in Safari worked. Cause I, mm-hmm. I had, I don't, you know, I had to download a copy of technical preview of Safari. I didn't, I don't just have one sitting around. I, you know, maybe I did at one point, but I tend to clean up crap like that. So I download and get it because I want to play with color contrast because you had me convinced with a code pen demo that you built how freaking cool it is. And, you know, I also thought it might be a fun, like, 10 minutes to spend in the old Discord. We've been doing little, like, doing something fun. Just hop into the clubhouse and share your screen, you know? And people have been doing that, including me and you. I think it's cool. So I was like, I'm going to play with color contrast as a little Discord fun, fun moment. And I didn't really get how it works. They don't really do flags in Safari, although they function as flags. They're part of a menu. You like go to the developer menu and then you have to like just check it on. I actually prefer the UI. I think it's a little cleaner than a flag and thing. like about flags. Yeah. Well, and it's very granular. Like you want to turn on contrast. You have to turn that on. You don't get color mix in that. Like in Chrome, it's like just experimental web features, basically, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so anyway, the, yeah, Safari has some cool stuff in there. I got on Twitter. So in that dropdown, there's a model element, HTML model element for like 3d models, basically. And I got looped in by a bunch of like VR nerds, like web XR nerds. And they're like, dude, wait, this isn't working. I was like, okay, you got to go develop and then you got to go experimental features and turn it on. And then, you know, and we're all sitting there like some day we were just like trying to figure out how it works, you know, and it takes a source element, which is kind of weird, but Mm. like, and then that populates a current source. And so people could get like load a source and it would fetch it, but then it wouldn't do anything with it. So it's still experimental and being built, but you know what else is in there? Mm. Huh? Huh? Mm. What dialogue? Oh, right. I remember dialogue. you showing me that briefly. Yeah, I don't, there's no indication if it's any better than it was, but it's they did it. Yeah, it doesn't have the modal like backdrop stuff, but it it's it's basically just a detail summary. Like you click a button and it'll just pop it onto the page. But hey, that's yeah, something. I mean, that's how so. I do like that when it's like. I don't know. It's not much, but it is probably the primitive by which you should build fancier things. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, yeah. Just like ESM, guys. I read of this <laughs> this spicy tweet. I think it was Devin Govit or whatever. It was this is years uh-huh. ago now, but said like, was ESM worth it? And his opinion, his spicy opinion, <laughs> was no, it wasn't because really? it's better, but it caused half a decade or longer of extreme gnarly churn in the JavaScript ecosystem that maybe wasn't worth the pain. And it, cause the pain is still real now, but I look at, it, I just, I disagree only because of how excited I am about ESM in general and the doors that yeah. it opens. I think because the, it, there had to be an in browser solution and that's what ESM is, you know? And that's why that's the same thing with dialogue. You know, you have to get the, primitives in there and then make them better over time or let us build on top of those like web components yeah and i i uh i remember being at a talk with an austin javascript talk with michael roger we were all in like a tiny room but with michael rogers from node um and he was building out the like 
or, or cause node had to basically just come up with the require syntax. Like they're like, we just need something, you know, like we're, we're building this, you know, um, this is early node. So it's like early node, like oh. before you really used node, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and then, hmm. um, so they had to like kind of basically decide, they decided on that. Maybe it was Ryan Dahl who decided on it, but then, you know, ES harmony was coming out. That was kind of pre just pre modules. Um, but then, you know, they were just kind of like, no, it's not going to work, you know? And, so we our solutions better or something like that. And so there was kind of a fork in the language, you know? And so if you think of node as an implementation of JavaScript and a browser as an implementation of JavaScript, so there's like a fork in the language. And then, um, you know, I think it's going to be a long, hard road back, but yeah, I, I there's so many advantages. And especially cause like Dino, the new, uh, Ryan Dahl, is that his name? I think it is. Uh, kind of TypeScript based. Yeah. You know, node looks um, sweet. I mean, I just well, don't. You know. And he the he one design decision he made it was no package manager at all. We just used URLs, and I'm just like, that's kind of legit. You know, like you can still bundle however you want, but like we we'll just fetch URLs. Like that's the source of truth. It's not some like namespace thing you like clutched up you know it's right just, so it looks good I, you know that was i think i blogged this too i don't write node all day every day although i do write it plenty but just not not as in that ecosystem as i am in browser business stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but knowing how other how excited other people are for is it dino is that how you say oh yeah i feel embarrassing dino Dino, Dino. Dino. It's Dino. probably Dino. No, no. <laughs> the, the secure by yeah. default thing was was exciting to people I've talked to about it because of that. Like, like you can't, like you view doesn't just access the file system, for example, by default. You have to like mm-hmm. very unlock that type of thing. And I think that's kind of clever, you know, fixing mm-hmm. things that they just knew were a problem from that. Not a lot of people get a chance to like fix their big thing they built in the world. I think yeah. that's the, what makes that story interesting is you built this thing that's just incredibly successful and then get to walk away and build it all over again, but fix it. That's so cool. <laughs> Uh, Sisyphusian maybe, but uh, uh. <laughs> like just pushing that rock up the hill again. But I, I do like when his announcement was, was very like, here's 10 problem, like very specific tactical regrets about node, you mm-hmm. know, and, and was just like, here's my 10 issues that I'm trying to fix this time around. And so maybe that could be cool. the thing that finally like unseats CSS, you know, there's no, there's never really ever been a take on trying to replace CSS. It's always been like, let's tool our way out of it, whatever. But once it gets to the browser, there's nothing other than CSS, you know, but maybe browser vendors get so sick of it at some point that there's like an opt in CSS, you mm-hmm. know, X Neo something. Origin trial. Yeah. yeah. And it just has, cause you know, I, I thought of that famous document of like the mistakes in CSS that the working group keeps or whatever that are like, these things yeah. were just a bad idea in CSS or whatever. <laughs> and that the, some next gen version of it could, could fix all those problems, but have it be kind of like opt in. So it doesn't like break the web. Yeah. 
You know, there's a lot of that stuff. So um, I'm, I'm in open UI, you know, mm-hmm. and we're talking about different new elements, make cooking up some new, doing research. We're like the research arm. And then we kind of mm-hmm. show these little researches to browsers. There's browser people in there, but just kind of like, Hey, here's, this is very high usage. People want this tabs would be, that's the thing I'm working on. Um, but I was in a meeting and, you know, people were just like, uh, open. That's such, you know, like details open. That's so bad. Oh, what a bad design. And I just was like, what do you, what do you mean? And there's like a few problems where like, you know, you can in JavaScript be like open equals not open, you know, and, but, but there was never like a close method fired on the, you, you can change the attribute, but like set attribute open equals false or whatever. But the, the details doesn't know that you closed it. Like it just know, like it can maybe query its own attribute. Anyway, that attribute is kind of problematic just from a, a programmatic standpoint. Cause it can be a like change from different angles. So I, I understand the problem now, but I just was like, why is everyone so mad about like details open, you know, or, or like an open attribute. But I guess people are, I don't know. There, there's like a proposal to maybe fix it with like a pseudo class, like colon open or something like that yeah. in CSS. So, which might make, and then that can be applied after it's open, not as it's open, you know? So that's another kind of problem issue with it too. Like the attribute applies instantly, whereas you'd maybe want it after the fact. So anyway, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff like that in, html and css for me i'd love to just like level everything and just be like here's how we load things like i don't know now we have a better idea of all the common problems maybe we could just level set but yeah i i I don't know maybe you just have to have the quirkiness but it'd be cool if everything was easier yeah like maybe we don't have audio video maybe we just have a media element oh dave crazy you know, encompasses IMG too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Object. I just invented object. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> so. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Around. That's around.co or follow the link in the show notes. It's a new video calling app that's very different from the other video calling apps out there, I'd say. So uh, they say this, and I think it's really true. It's designed for collaboration more so than for meetings. You know, So it's not this like big rectangle and you're just looking at everybody in the rectangle. Each person that you're talking to is like this kind of like a floating head. You see their face cropped into a circle and then part of the UI and UX of it, there's a lot of fun built into it, but you can apply filters to it and stuff. It just feels a little bit less fatiguing to be to know that you're just like a talking head on somebody's screen not they're not looking at like every pixel that your camera is picking up it's really clever and it feels really nice so yeah they say it's more for collaboration i think that's true it's very easy to fire one up you know you fire open the app get a link share it with somebody you're in the meeting you know all kinds of security built into that you know you can make sure that you have to approve them before popping in nobody's going to bomb your meetings anyway but you know lots of protection there 
or you're in Slack, you just type slash around, pops open a meeting, everybody clicks into it, probably use that a billion times. That is, that is, that's how things work. You know, there's that kind of that pseudo real time thing of Slack. Hey, can we chat this out? Boom, slash around. Uh, you're in there. It's great. There is lots of uh, fun UI and UX touches as a part of it. Uh, that's great. The screen sharing is really nice. It's everything you expect in there. You share the whole window or select a particular window to share. And it has the control aspect built in too. So if somebody's like, hey, I'll, let me take control for a minute. I'm going to type here. You know, I do a lot of pair programming that way. It's got all those features built in. So out of the gate, it's just a great video call app. And it just seems like it has a super bright future because they just really got the details right. Thanks around. There's this video uh, for us, you know, and Fred shot from Snowpack and all that. Fred's, yeah. Fred's got some new Astro. Astro. I joined the Discord just to do it, get the get the invite and play. I haven't spun it up nice. yet, but I watched the video and I've been thinking about it. And it's just, it's hitting on all cylinders for me. You know, people have their, I know a lot of people were hit strongly when Svelte came out of how, what a you know, beautiful syntax that is. I think Svelte is super cool, but it didn't hit me with the same kind of like, wow, is this? And I, all I've seen is Fred playing with it on a video. And I'm like, still, I'm like, damn, I like this. You know, he, he very much like the, the gist of it for people out there is that it's like this HTML first kind of output that the websites are very, what it ships is totally javascript free and then you opt into any very specific javascript that you want so it's a lot like it you know he says he's you know he mentions 11d a number of times you know how 11ds they you know there's no there's no javascript anything it's just an html processing engine kind of it's like that but you know 11 just gives you like liquid and nunjucks and stuff which yeah, are fine but not my favorite what's the- yeah it just handles every template language basically right and then so, uh, it's got robust and like you can, because it's built on node, you can kind of go in and be like, okay, I need to fetch these 3000 files and then build the website. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is awesome. I'm you know, just, this is no crap talking on 11 please. But I do like as a front end developer who does write in plenty of JavaScript, the concept of components is very, I am super bullish on it. I don't even care how they're expressed, but Vue knocked it out of the park with its component models felt learned from it and has cool stuff. The, the, the component model hits strongly with me and it mm-hmm. looks like Astro's very into components as well. And like brings the best of all worlds. Like it has this view like syntax where they're all, it's all kind of combined into one chunk, but it has front matter on the damn things. Yeah. Which is fascinating. And it's got like MDX in there. So you can just like write in Markdown and then just slap a JSX component in there if you want to. I'm like, hot damn. That is no. sweet. It's really pretty cool. And and there was the killer feature for me. I was like, okay, I'm watching it. Like what? It's a Gatsby. I don't know. That's sort of what, but like, I love the HTML firstness of Astro, just this little video I bought or watched, but then you import like whatever calculator component or something, but then you have a, you can, they have a custom syntax where you can say calculator colon idle or calculator colon 
what's the other one? Um, I'll just say defer or something like that or uh lazy load or something, but oh, uh, I forget. Oh no. Visible. Right? Idle vi- visible. You're right. Yeah. So, and then it'll auto generate the code to like either put the intersection observer for when it's visible on the page or it'll like auto say like, okay, on document.load, then like register this component. Yeah. So, so now you have a little JavaScript on your page, but very minimal amount in it, in it, asynchronously loads at the right time really compelling stuff i don't know how i i I was wowed by that little part of the demo and also like do i actually author like that like is that going to be a mind shift i don't know i don't know well but but that's how you tell it like those are your two choices otherwise it's like a statically rendered component basically right yeah so that's how you tell it like okay yeah this is actually interactive so just load this on the page whenever. So, um, I could see using this thing. I don't know. You know, it's going to have years of growth. I don't mm -hmm. know, like, um, to get to a place I'm building like big, serious stuff with it, but Oh my God, would I reach for it for a side project immediately? I love it. Yeah. And I think maybe that's the theme of this whole episode here is just like that bridge between like single page application and just like, writing some HTML is starting to get very tied together. You have stuff like turbo, you have stuff like these page transitions, and then you have stuff like Astro, which is making the authoring more multi-page HTML, but then bringing in different, like, you know, application grade, you know, framework support. So it's going to be kind of cool. So, yeah, the web has not slowed down, has it? No, it's a big, big hot year. And, uh, you know, I, we just had Adam on, right? And that was a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> still kind of wowed by all of it. Right. So. That was a lot. A lot of people thought of that. Yeah, I, I was, you know, I was putting together a little post on one of the ways I blog, not commonly, but sometimes in my notion, I have the little web clipper, you know, I want to save something that I want to remember i use the little boop in the browser and save it to my notion mm-hmm. thing no yeah yeah and then i tag them i say what, uh, what was it you about do the you do the step that i don't do <laughs> the the actually organized okay it's only a little organized but i tag it on purpose because sometimes i'm like i can't deal with this one right now a tag almost means like defer to later and it's like a mind map of like I'm going to give this article a tag of typography because it's that's what it's talking about in some way. And sometimes I wait for four or five of them or whatever to to connect. And then I'm like, is there a thread happening here? Is there some interesting way to connect these or not? It doesn't matter if there is or isn't. I had like six or seven of them that I tagged typography. Uh, and then I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to barf out a blog post with like all seven of these or something. Because mm-hmm. I don't know that they're related, but whatever, then I'll at least get some, I'll get a free blog post out of it or something. I don't know where I was going with that exactly, but like, I don't mind that as content. But one of the links in it was this, you know, this very specific font that was released by this, that like a letterpress looking font. Uh, some people mm-hmm. think of 
modern day letterpress is like, you know, there's not that many, there's not that much wood type and stuff left. A lot of times when you're putting together a document, you just kind of pull what you got and it ends up this mismatchy kind of look of like, that's an extra bold S, but a thin I and a whatever. And it ends up looking like a wanted poster practically. That's not how mm-hmm. wood type was intended to be used, but hey, that's what we got. This font kind of looks like that a little bit like a wanted poster type of look. It's called P- Plymouth Press. And uh, it's, you know, you look at it and you're like, that's a font because it look it has that grunge look that was so popular yeah. like eight years ago. Grunge is like not that cool anymore unless you're Wes Boss, lol. Uh, <laughs> but he was into these for a minute, I think, and then removed them. I think their font size for them can be way too high. So if you're, you know how grunge, if you're expressing it as vector, which these need to be, a file fonts need to be the number of points in one of these characters would probably be more vector points than an entire font. A whole alphabet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So mean, the font size is unusable on the web. you have web. to carve out every hole yeah. and every distress. And yeah. So. Too big for the web. But that who cares on desktop, you know? Like mm-hmm. if you're just mm-hmm. working in Illustrator, you're gonna, you might have some performance issues like what well, for you while you're working. But if it ends up just being a poster, who cares? You know, I think that's kind of the idea. But all that said, SVG fonts are a real thing that do work on the web and you just never hear about them. Like you can make a full on chunk of SVG a character mm-hmm. and with mm-hmm. color and layers and all kinds of crap. It's just interesting how rare, no. rarely you see that. No, this it's cool. Yeah, it says on this website, Plymouth Press Info dot info. It's twelve megs. Yeah. So yeah. they're saying right. not good for impractical for embedding as a web font. Oh, it does say um, that. I'm glad they do. Yeah. That. I mean, yeah, I'm sure somebody was like, Hey, oh, this yeah. is not, this is slow, but ooh, download for free. Yoink. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Put that in my free bucket. Great. Uh, that was quick. Um, yeah, it's no, just cool. This, it made me think of color fonts been, too, which are different and you never see. It. So I had that type, that art direction post on my website and this would be a great one. Just like make it and then mm-hmm. cut a PNG and then make that, do the background replace on your header. Like, ta-da, you did it. That's, it's just fun. Just have fun. fun. With I, I was website. working on an art directed post this morning. Somebody wrote in with a like an open letters type of post they wanted to post. And I ne- I almost never say yes to that. Cause I'm not that into like other people's exposition on my yeah, website. Yeah. Anything. But it was so fun and seemed right on to CSS tricks ish, you know, and okay. we can attribute it to them so clearly that I was like, let's make it look like a letter, you know, and we've been going back and forth on how to get it. But I still think it's fun. Wasn't it just Reagan the other day was like, get, like, like the post was about giving up on art directed posts in a way. Yeah. Uh, Reagan. Uh, so my coworker, Reagan Ray, he has just, he does these posts. Like he does like the, he just did a post for all the lettering for best picture winners. So like the, all the title lettering, he has a whole post on that. He has a superhero lettering. Like it's like just all these like Marvel and DC comic lettering like that for like the character's name and stuff like that. And, um, how does he even get them? Get your hands on these things. Well, he's probably got a hand clean them up. He he does. Absolutely. But this is the thing I've known Reagan since we were freshmen or no, I've known him since high school. So I've known Reagan better part of like 25 years here. 
And like, this is what he does. He just, he collects these things and he has them organized on his computer and he knows where they're at. And he's like, you're like, Hey Reagan, have you ever like seen like a, this semi truck? And he's like, Oh yeah, I have that semi trucks like <laughs> lettering in this folder here on my computer. Um, and anyway, he has all these, he's like collects. He's like, uh, anyway, uh, but then, and he has a post here, like how I learned to stop art directing and love the blog. Cause he would do like a whole custom kind of thing for every single post. Uh, but he's kind of been like, you know what, I'm going to actually scale it back and maybe I have a few things and set up some constraints, some limitations. And then I just use like theming and stuff like that to kind of get it all done. So I think it's up to his like velocity, his ability to like, like, put stuff out. Yeah. So. You should be able to write a paragraph and hit a button and hit send and not have it be like this weight on your life. Like, Oh man, how am I going to do that? I do. I, I put a two paragraph blog post up the other day. Whew, good for you. Incredible. Yeah. I felt it was liberating. I tell you, I, I, was, I need to learn a little bit how to get back to that. Cause I, for, I've had on my list for a long time that if I, I'd like to have not art directed, but if I post like that, that mm-hmm. it can use a different format and I don't have to pick it. Like there's a, I could make a WordPress thing that like counts the number of words in the post or something and then like lays it out differently. So if you land on that URL, it doesn't look awkward because right now it looks awkward on CSS tricks because there's a sidebar and it has like four um, advertisers in it, which then overpowers this paragraph that you just tried to write. So I think like it, it if you're at five paragraphs or more, it looks fine. It's totally natural. But if you want to write a one paragraph, or which I do sometimes, uh, I think the, that you it almost need yeah. another layout, right? Like, yeah, isn't it? That's been the Colin. You know, Colin Devro. He's like a uh, he started that little blog chain, or like what what do you, what's your typical day look like recently? And like a million people oh, responded yeah, yeah. to it, which is pretty cool. He's a good blogger, yeah. but but is I subscribe to his feed, and this is not to like take this with a grain of salt, Colin. If you listen to this, but he does a lot, a lot of one sentence blog posts, and that's like too far for me. Like I, okay, I want okay. a little bit more to have a yeah. more of a complete thought. <laughs> than the one sentence it's like even shorter than twitter but a paragraph or two is i don't know better to me or i want to subscribe to a feed that's like not your one sentence ones you know yeah yeah i the micro blogging is a thing i manton reese i know manton he lives here in austin uh but does micro blog which is cool i'm like pro micro blog because it's kind of like a twitter alternative but you own it right right um and then some other indie web people, Adactio, take it kind of a step further and like you only post on your site. So all your tweets actually come from your site and then they go to the, you know, they have a link back to your website. Um, yeah, but I like it conceptually, but there's just something that it's not even the the technical wiring up that bugs me, but it's just like, I don't know that I want my tweets to have that kind of eternity. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It just feels, it has like, um, yeah, I don't want it. I'm, it's more ephemeral, right. For me. Uh, but I'm not gonna, what they can do whatever they want, but, um, <laughs> but what I, I do like micro blogging, I, I like this, the constraint almost is like, Hey, here's a photo. Hey, here's a, you know, like, like just 
This is just kind of a one-off thought. I don't want to do a whole blog post about it. Here it is. But I also like it in a separate feed. So, And sometimes that when they're all together, it's a little weird for me. But, you know, that's fine. So yeah. I don't know. Let people blog how they want to blog. What's important is you published. That's the important thing. I do. I, I mean, I think so. Obviously, I don't need to defend blogging. It's It's been a been a fan for a hot minute yeah do it for the url yeah well those are all the links i have what else do you do you have a final thought you have to to share with the world this no week? no all right just uh i I'm, i turned 41 here so this is it's actually tomorrow from when we're recording but um that's it's fun because you get to like that's right you share a birthday with alex my co-founder that's oh right. yeah that's right that's cool well, happy that. birthday yeah yeah, 41 exciting, but it, right behind you or, yeah we're here so but uh you know but that just gives you that time right to like you i don't know you're just like hey i'm gonna like think about my life <laughs> so, <laughs> so you just do all the and I've, I've actually made a list of like here's the stuff i'm gonna do this these are my goals so got some goals moving forward but they're kind of high level or awkwardly specific like write a video game so you know <laughs> So, so we'll see how that goes in, in the next 20 years or whatever. So, Oh God, I, I cannot wait to see what's in store for us both in 20 years. Think about how hard I work and all this website stuff. I'm like, am I gonna, am I going to be just schlepping around making websites in 20 years? And I was like, I kind of hope so, but kind of hope so. Let's see. We 20 years would be shop talk. <laughs> like 3000 i think so we'll get there <laughs> maybe it'll definitely be in vr at that point yeah all right exciting. man all right well hey thanks uh everybody for downloading this and your podcast your choice be sure to start our favorite up that's how people find out about the show follow us on uh twitter s at shop talk show for tens of tweets a month and join us over on the school it's it's fun it's just genuinely fun and uh that's patreon.com slash shop talk show. I believe uh, I, <laughs> I get to this point in the show. Now, Chris, we changed up the ending a bit. I know people have been commenting on that, but we changed up the ending and now I'm just like, what do I do with my life? So anyway, I know Chris, you got anything else. Got you a want lot to of say? muscle memory for that. We forgot to get to any of your questions, but this is still a question and answer show. Send in your questions at shop talk show.com and mm, shop talk show.com.